Good to be with you this morning. Some of you, um, I'm already ready for some of you to start doing the Leaning Tower of Pisa thing uh, that we're at the camp because uh, I don't know how well you slept. We slept wonderfully. And then uh, I even got some sleep while driving home yesterday from the camp. So that was an additional blessing. When my wife's asleep, she doesn't know what goes on uh, when I'm sleeping, but you're supposed to redeem the time, amen? And so that was a help to uh, catch a little bit of snooze there on the road while driving. Uh, glad to be with you. Appreciate so much the uh, opportunity Brother Barber uh, has given us to be here with our family. So we're back, uh, several rows back, and uh, Sonia, my wife, we've been married about 15 years, and um, I was pursuing her for another 10 years, but she finally said yes. When I got enough money, I won the lottery. And uh, then my uh, daughter, Julia, just turned 11, and uh, Micah, 13, and he'll be 14 here in just a little bit. So, um, but not always do they get to travel with me, but usually, and we're glad they are able to be here uh, this week. Uh, the Barbers we have known for quite a while, and we've been privileged. We're better because of it, and uh, we appreciate uh, both of them, and he has helped us out a lot. When I was pastoring, uh, he came and uh, preached uh, several. You probably were there. I know you were there a number of times, but uh, maybe a couple of full revival meetings, and so uh, he and his wife have been a blessing to us, and the kids are all growing up, so, uh, but we're just glad to also be here just to kind of be around them. So you have a, a wonderful pastor and his wife here. Well, I just want to mention a few things quickly about our ministry. A couple of the books. Uh, did you sell books, brother, when you were on the road? I can't remember. Yeah. Okay. You didn't write any books? Okay. Um, there's a lot of information out there. You can just download it. No one ever knows if you plagiarize it so, uh, or steal it. Uh, but... Uh, couple things that we want to say. Purity Plan Ministries was birthed in our heart about 10, uh, in, in 2012. Uh, the Lord was working in my heart. My dad was the pastor of our church. I had been serving with him for about 19 years, and he was coming to the end of 45 years uh, in one church and pastoring. Started the church in 1967. And so as we uh, began to pray about what the Lord have us do, because we were the only staff member besides the secretary, we were the only uh, uh, pastoral staff member, and so I knew the church was going to look in my direction if I, uh, I mean, I guess, I guess they could have got the janitor also, but they, uh, they decided to, uh, I feared they might look in my direction and see what I wanted to do if my dad was going to step down. And so he announced that he would step down, and I had already been praying, and I began to pray and seek the Lord. Uh, have you ever had trouble finding God's will? I have preached a number of messages on how to find God's will. I mean, I probably have, in my file right now, I probably have, I, I don't know, I might have 10 messages on how to find God's will. Well, none of them worked, <laughs> okay? So anyway, can I get an amen on that? Uh, but uh, anyway, the, uh, so I sought God for six months, uh, six months, almost, you know, almost exactly, six months trying to find out what do you want me to do here? And it was the most baffling thing that I could not find out when I was totally available to to surrender. I was surrendered, totally available to do whatever God wanted me to do. And two days after Thanksgiving in 2012, the Lord birthed this ministry in my heart as I was praying on the floor in my uh, office at church. And so we said, well, we don't know what that is, but uh, we began to, we told the church then that we'd be moving on. I did say some, you never want to say this, I said to the church, I will stay around and help you try to find a pastor. And I was there for five years, okay, so just shy of five years. Uh, 
And so, but the Lord used it for us to get some traction behind the scenes and write some things. Just want to uh, say our ministry has our main flagship course is called Journey to Victory. You can see about it online. If you go on our website, purityplan.org, there's a sexual purity course tab, and you can do that. This is about a 200-page book um, that is the, the course workbook. It comes with 15 videos that are online, and um, you get this. If you're interested in getting, when you get the videos, you get that and a number of other books. Um, I will say, men, I'll try to maybe say more tonight, but men, I just want to encourage you, if you are looking for some help with your thought life, okay, now, the Bible says temptations are common to man. Anyone ever heard that verse before? Common to people. So if I struggle with something, there's a chance that you struggle with it too. It's just the way it is. Jesus was tempted, even Jesus was tempted in all points like as we are. So uh, temptation is common to everybody. Even Jesus, he went through everything in different ways. I mean, he may not have been nervous about whether, you know, his Amazon package was going to show up uh, or something, but it was that, that type of every category he was tempted in. He came through just perfect, right? Well, temptations are common to man. So if I have to watch my mind, no doubt you do too. Can I get an amen on that? Male or female, young or old. So, I would encourage you men to, to look us up. We have accountability. We have um, um, a coaching program that, that we could put you into, some accountability to help with you, some other men that, um, that would be a blessing to you. And these are men that some have seen great victory and others are still looking for some of the victory God has for them. So it's not like, if I go to that, I don't need that. Is this, like, is this weird? Is it like, are all these people like, like perverts or something? It's like, no, uh, these, are, these are men of God and in many cases that they love the Lord uh, but they want help with their thought life and uh, things that have sprung from that. So um, take a look at it. Don't be too proud to check it out. I mean, your way has not been working so great, maybe, hey? Okay. Don't ask your wife. She'll say, you should have signed up yesterday, okay? <laughs> so uh, we do have some helps back there. This is called Accountable to You. It's a uh, software, the best one out there that I can find. Christian people down in Kentucky um, have a great software called Accountable to You. You can get it for any device you have, any computer, Parents, I'd encourage you, if you have kids in the home, get this on the tablets, get this on everything. Buy a family plan, get it on everything. And somebody can get reports. And, um, but it's a great program. It's probably, might be six bucks a month or something. Um, so about the price of a, a Big Mac. Um, the, um, you can get a free month if you sign up with this code right here. Otherwise, you only get seven days. So anyway, check it out. A couple books back there I'll say real quickly. I don't have a message this morning, so I thought I'd just talk about my books. Um, so uh, the, uh, the best book we have on the table, now we don't sell Bibles. That would be the best book, amen? The best book, though, since we don't sell Bibles, is this book right here, all right? This book is called Victory in Christ by Charles Trumbull. The book is, uh, he wrote it uh, about 100 years ago, and uh, we publish it now. And uh, we'd love to have you take a look at this. You might know about it. How many of you read this book before? Can you raise your hand? All right, so several of you, maybe 15% or something. Wonderful book, Changed My Life. I have a preface in here about where I was. I remember exactly where I was when God used a phrase from this book to forever change my spiritual life. I tell people, I say right there in the forward, my life went from 2D to 3D, my Christian life. Like black and white to color. If you can't afford the book, um, Talk to Sri Ron, he's loaded. He can help you with the money to, uh, to buy it. So a uh, couple books out there for families. How many of you have heard of Stay in the Castle series? Anybody? Stay in the Castle series? Life-changing, yeah. And now Jerry, uh, Pastor Jerry Ross wrote these. 
a very neat analogy about a princess who was told by her father, the king, to stay in the castle because God's got someone for you. Got someone for you. In many cases, God does have someone for a single person, but you're going to have to stay in the castle. Wonderful story, amazing story, and um, now there's seven of these in the, in the line, and if you're interested, take a look at it. If you stand out there long enough, you can just read through the whole book and don't have to pay for it, okay? So, um, but it's great for young people and older people. It's the best Christian fiction. Amazing. You can't put the stuff down. It's amazing. Here's a book, not, not necessarily uh, by an independent Baptist, but a book called The Princess and the Kiss. Um, something for parents to read to your kids. Don't read it all in one time because uh, you spend a lot of money to read it all in one time. But um, do some cliffhangers with the kids and say, I'll read you t- more tomorrow, but, or grandkids. A book back there for adults, best video we have back there, called How Big Is God? Tremendous thing. We don't know, the, the man says, we don't know how big God is, but we can, so therefore, what you have to do is find out what he's bigger than. And so it goes into talking about the universe and things like this. Brand new books from a couple up in Wisconsin. These are brand new. We've only sold these a couple places. Um, how many know we're in a problem these days with um, gender confusion? Ready? Is anybody here confused about your gender? Um, if you are, this is a book called I'm Glad I'm a Girl. All right, now, I'm not glad I'm a girl. I'm glad I'm a boy. The title is I'm Glad I'm a Girl, and we have another one out there called I'm Glad I'm a Boy. And they're not very big, but so needed. I'm so thrilled. Heidi Nielsen, she's got a great ability to write poem uh, and poetry and beautiful pictures that she did all this, and um, she asked us for help on this. And so we helped her, and now there's one for a boy, one for a girl. Don't take for granted, moms and dads. Your kids are growing up in a world that they're going to hear messages that we never heard 20 years ago, amen? Who ever heard of it? Who ever heard of it? That you could be something other than you are, or you can be both, or you can go in and out, and, and uh, whatever you feel like. We need to shore that up. I'm glad I'm a boy. I'm glad I'm a girl. Tell them it's pretty cool, okay? And uh, if you have a brother and sister... Um, it, it's great, little boys, to hit their sisters. I mean, so they have to know what gender she is so she can, they can smack her, right? Amen? Okay, so um, that's not very spiritual. All right, turn your Bibles, please, to Psalm, to, uh, to Genesis. Genesis. But we're thrilled to be here. Thank you for uh, coming back from camp and, um, and staying around for, um, and coming back to church here. We're aware of the time. We know how long uh, we're supposed to go. And um, so we'll be mindful of that. If you're visiting here with us, um, thank you, as Brother Barber said. Thank you for the time that uh, you're giving here. And if you don't know the Lord, trust that today you'll get to, to meet the Lord. The passage... Thank you, honey. Yeah, thanks. The passage we're going to look at today is a life-changing passage. It actually started um, just with, I guess, a normal message one Sunday or, or maybe to a group of teenagers. I'm not sure exactly um, how this message can begin to take some wings. But uh, Genesis chapter number, did I say 19? I mean chapter number 18. Genesis chapter number 18. And as we, as we look at this passage, you'll, if you look down through it, do you know what this passage is about? If you kind of glance through, 
you'll know right away it's a very famous story. Story of a man named Abraham and a woman named Sarah, his wife. And before we get into the, 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 the message itself, there is a, some background I want to give. You'll remember that the Lord, when we first learn of Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, right away, we, we hear about him in the end of chapter 11, but his story that becomes this part of this story begins in chapter number 12, and right out of the bat, God says to Abraham, I'm going to give you many descendants. He gives him, he gives Abraham two promises, two sets of promises. There were the land promises, in other words, the promised land promises. And what was the other category of promises? Seed promises. In other words, your descendants. And in chapter number 12, we won't go back there, but he says, I'm going to give you um, descendants, and, and you're going to have this family, this large, you know, it's, I'm going to, and he says, anyone who blesses you is going to be blessed, anyone who curses you is going to be cursed. But as time went on, what was the problem that Abraham and Sarah faced? Can someone help me? They could not have, their child, they could not have children. So think of it. You're told you're going to have many children, in fact, at one point, doesn't he come out and say, uh, Abraham, look up. Look at the stars. If you could count the stars, you could count the number of descendants that are going to come from you. But as the years went on, what happened? Nothing. Nothing. And the more complex things became, I'll tell you how complex they came, became. Abraham is a man of faith, right? He's called the father of the faithful in, in the New Testament. He's a friend of God. But he's got a problem on his hands, which is there's, there's a work that God is trying to do that in his own life that is not coming to pass no matter what he tries. I'm sure he and his wife were, would have been glad to have children tried to have children. But if you're going to have many children, you have to start with one. And a few years pass, and finally Abraham says that I go childless, he says to the Lord, and one born in my house is my heir. I'm talking about Eliezer, his servant. Now follow this for a moment. I don't want to take too long with this, but it, it might help to get us to understand how real this problem was. He says, there's a man that is my trusted servant, and he'll be my heir, and since you promised me that I would have children, I'm going to have children, as it were, through him, right? Now, if you've been in church for any long time, any length of time, you understand this, that you've heard this, it's how it apparently worked. You could, you could raise up children through, through your servant or, or, or something like that. 
And the Lord says to him, now this is what you might not have caught because I didn't catch it for a long time. The Lord says to him at that point, he says, no, you're going to be the father of these children. Now don't miss that. Because you would have assumed back in chapter number 12 when he says, you're going to be the father of many nations, etc., you know, that that was the normal, that he would think, well, I'm the father. I mean, words mean something. And so then what happens, though, after a long time, he finally thinks, well, I don't think I'm going to be the actual father, but I'll kind of be the father because it'll be an adoption type thing or the way it worked back in that economy and have children through him, Eliezer, they're my children as it were, and and we'll be fine. And, And the Lord has to underscore with him in chapter 15 uh, no, the uh, verse 4, no, you're going to be the father. Right, now stay with me. So that brings us then to one day, his wife comes to him and says, you know what? You're supposed to be the father, but maybe Hagar is supposed to be the mother. Because God actually never said Sarah was going to be the mother. I mean, you assumed it because he was talking to the couple. And so Abraham says, maybe so. And guess what? Hagar gets pregnant, and she has a baby. And God has to come around. Now let me ask you, did, did that whole thing with Hagar come, become problems? Still to this day? He's the first Arab, that boy was the first Arab, and later on Abraham's going to have, well, wait, spoiler, Abraham's going to have a baby eventually. And Hagar... And that boy, it becomes a big deal. And the Lord has to double back and say, no, the baby is going to come from Sarah. Read the story this afternoon. And so now, the Bible says that when he had Hagar, the baby came with Hagar, he was 86 years old. And then, silence. And then it's revisited in chapter 17, verse 1. He's 99 years old. Has God ever gone quiet on you? 99. God appeared to him. And then we get to chapter number 18. And now they have waited some 13 years since the Hagar incident The whole time has been some 24, 25 years since the original promise because Abraham came out of uh, heathenism when he was 75. Now he's 99. Have you ever waited for God for a long time? And one day Abraham is sitting in the door of his tent and he looks out and he sees something happening. Let's read it. Genesis chapter number 18. And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre as he sat in the tent door at the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground and said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, uh, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Little, little water, I pray, to be fetched, to wash your feet, and rest yourself under the tree, and I will fetch a morsel of bread. He's just being nice. He doesn't know that this is who it is. He called him Lord, but that just would be a kind of a dignified title, best we can tell. 
And I will fetch you a morsel of bread and comfort your hearts. After that, verse 5, ye shall pass on, for therefore are you come to your servant. And they said, So do as thou hast said. And Abraham hastened to the tent and to Sarah and said, Hey, make ready uh, three measures of fine meal, knead it and make cakes upon the hearth. And, uh, and Abraham ran to the herd and fetched a calf tender and good and gave it unto the young man. And he hasted to dress it. And he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree and they did eat. Now here it comes. And they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. Look what he says. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life, and lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? Genesis 18, 13. And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh? Saying, Shall I have surety bear a child which am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee. It means next year this time. According to the time of life, next year. And Sarah shall have a son. Then Sarah denied, saying, I laugh not. For she was afraid. And he said, Nay, but thou didst laugh. Then the story moves ahead. The scene changes. The Bible's full of these scene changes. And scene changes, shifts toward the Sodom and Gomorrah story of Lot and Abraham praying for him. And, and it goes on down the road. And, and uh, later on, we, we pick up the story. But I want to preach to you this morning for a few minutes on God's template for blessing you in every problem. God's template for blessing you in every problem. Let's just get our hands raised this morning, um, not in a weird way, but how many of you would like to have God's blessing on your life? Can you raise your hand? Okay. How many realize that God is not a respecter of persons? God would just as soon bless you as he would bless somebody else. He wants to answer your prayers just like he answered the prayers of George Mueller. Can I get an amen on that? He wants to show himself strong on the behalf of anyone whose heart is perfect toward him. In fact, the Bible says, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. You know what he's doing? You know what he's doing? You know what he's looking for this morning, right now? What he's looking for? He's scanning He's searching. He's looking for someone that he can show himself strong on the behalf of. This is what he's apparently doing a lot of the time. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, seeking to show himself strong on the behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward him. My friend, God wants to bless your life. He wants to bless your family. He wants to bless you in your circumstances. 
And this is a template for God's blessing you in every problem. Let's pray. Father, help us. All is vain. That's the Holy Spirit meets with us. Help someone today that's, that desperately wants your blessing in their problem to hear what the Spirit says to the church. Pour out your Spirit, I pray. We claim the promise that if we ask, we'll receive. You have to do something great in someone's life that maybe they will not ever quite forget. Not because of me, but because of you. Thank you for your word. Thank you that it helps us so much in Jesus' name. Amen. The main statement to this message would be this. In every problem, real faith will bring the solution God has for you today. Real faith in every problem, in every problem, real faith, that's dependence, as you know, reliance on God, will bring the solution God has for you today. God wants us to exercise real faith in him today. It's part of our worship that he desires. What a tremendous song service this morning. Can I get an amen on that? Wow. I hope I just don't kill the spirit. That really touched my heart this morning. Choir number, amazing. And those songs, amazing and that special. Thank you. But what about this afternoon? What about Tuesday? What about Thursday that, you know, kind of run low of juice at that point? What does God want for me when I'm not emotional about him? What, do you, what does he want for me when, when maybe you're going to leave here and go home and your world is a mess? Maybe not because of you, but maybe because of circumstances that people who don't love God or, or, or maybe an unsafe spouse, there are very, very hard situations you're in. Maybe you're facing a, a financial situation. Maybe you're health, facing a health situation. And you need God's blessing. Make sure you want to make sure you have God's blessing in that when it gets hard and difficult. So there are four parts to the template. Now I'm going to step out here and say something. Okay, now, do, do any of you like to challenge the preacher when he's in your mind while he's preaching? Some of you just kind of sit there and say, nah, I don't know about that so much. All right, so I'm not preaching a rebellion today, all right, but uh, we can get critical sometimes. But I'm going to throw it out there, and, and you can do whatever you want to with this. In God's template for blessing your life, there's four parts to the template. And I'm going to say it this way. This is the way it always works. That's the part you want to think about. All right? We're going to see it in inspired scripture here, and you'll see it in your own life. And the first part of the template is this. God gives a word. Now, I'd like you to do this, okay? So if, how many of you take notes sometimes in church? Can you raise your hand? Okay, how many of you write notes in church? Teenagers, amen? Okay, so I'm going to have you do this. Instead of doing one, two, three, four, maybe, which you could also make room for that, I'm going to ask you to do four boxes. This is God's template. And he always works this way to bless someone's life. So I'm going to recommend that you make a box, a square box, and have room to write like a word in there. It doesn't need to be huge, but you don't want it too small. You're going to put a word in these boxes. Okay? And it's going to go, um, how does it work? It's going to go left to right across your page. Okay? So box one, 
two, three, four. Box number one is this, God's template for blessing your life in every situation. Box number one is the word, word. Can you write that in there? The word, just write the word, word. This is the first part. This is the word given. We are in Genesis 18 where we're going to get this template. Look with me in verses 9 and 10. And they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return to thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him. Verse 9 and 10 is the word given. Okay? So the first box is the word. We'll come back to this. Very clear words. Would you say God was pretty clear to Sarah just now? He basically says, I'm going to come back in a visit, in a, in a sense. According to the time of life, essentially we find out it means basically a year from now. And Sarah thy wife, Sarah thy wife, not Hagar, Sarah thy wife is going to have a what? A son, okay? So the gender is clear. Not just have a baby, have a son. The words are very clear. In chapter 17, can you go back to chapter 17? Just look back. Chapter 17, look at verse 15. And, and God said unto to, uh, Abraham, As for Sarai thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall her name be. And I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. All right, now this is the first time, check it out, this is the first time he says it of her. Yea, I will bless her, and, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. And Abraham, then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is 100 years old? Remember, he's 99, right? I mean, you see that in the first verse of chapter 17? He's 99. So he says, is my child going to be born to me, you know, in a year? When I'm 100, and shall Sarah, that is 90 years old, bear? The word. Now let me say this. Let me ask you a question. Does Sarah hear the word? Yes or no? She heard it, right? The Bible says she heard it in the tent door that she was behind him. All right. Folks, I just want to help us this morning and say this. Do you know we have a very precious Bible here? And if I said to you, this is God's word, what would you say? All right. If I said to you, there are problems in this book, it's maybe not all God's word, what would you say at that point? Heretic. Wow, that was straight. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you to raise your hand here. How do you believe that this, the one you have on your lap, but this represents the one you have, how do you believe that this is actually the Word of God? Can you raise your hand? All right, look around. I'm looking at the pastor. Yeah, he's got his hand up. That's good. Okay. All right, you put your hands down. And now I have to say this. Do you know that if I say this is the Word of God, you're going to amen or at least agree to it? And if I said we should believe it, you would agree with that. But do you know, and here it goes, are you listening? Do you know that God's word that we make a big deal out of is full of something? It's full of words. 
Now, my wife had to help me with that because I wasn't smart enough to figure it out, but uh, that, there is this actually, the thing that we make a big deal out of, and some places make a huge deal about this. In other words, I mean, people are hooting and hollering if you mention the, the Word of God, and, and, and that's fine. They're waving their Bibles, and they're standing on their pews, and, and uh, everything like that, and that's great. But do you know that God's Word is made up of words? You say, are, are you trying to be deep with me? Because that's not deep. No, what I'm saying is this. We all say we believe the Word. The question is, do you believe the words? Do you believe the words that God will speak about your situation? Or do you just be like, I know I got an anger problem. I know I got a problem with my thought life. I know I have a problem with rebellion, talking about different people. I know I got a problem with my attitude. But, so I have a problem with my anger. And what's your name again? Sam. He was a little concerned. He stuttered, stuttered there for a second. Sam? It's a good name. And sorry, I didn't remember it. I'm not real good with all that. Sam, um, I know I have a problem with anger, but you know what my real problem is? My problem is with Sam, because Sam provokes me. He just does. I don't know what it is about. It's his shoes or something. I don't know. Something. He gets on my nerves. Now, you know what had just happened? I shifted from just believing the fact that I, I am the problem with my anger. And I know I'm not supposed to be angry, but the way he talks to me just gets under my skin. Now, what I'm saying is this. We have God's word here. We only have one. There's no 2.0 version. God's not going to come back around eventually and do a new draft or something and later on realize, oh, okay, that's, I, I get it now. It's like, no, this is the one we get. This is the one we have to live by. His word is made up of words, and the question is this. It's easy to say, I believe his word. You all did. You wouldn't come to a church that didn't say you believe his word, that, that believes his word. We don't, that, that's not the issue this morning. The issue is, are you going to take your life and stand not on this generic word thing that is easy to say and can mean very little in real life. We're talking about when it comes down to you seeing something that's worldly out there, and you know the world is an enemy of God. Can I get an amen on that? I mean, that's a word in the word. And he does say, if you're going to be a friend of the world, you're also going to be an enemy, as it were. Now, God loves you, but you're in a place of animosity with him. If you're going to love the thing that put his son on the cross, he does not appreciate you loving the people, the system that put his son on the cross. And he says, come out of the world. Don't love the world. And what I say is, well, good people disagree with different things. Good Christians disagree. We're not talking about whether good Christians disagree on certain issues. We're talking about if I'm doing something worldly, God tells me, stop. Deal with it. If I have sin in my life, if I have worldliness in my life, as God speaks to me about these different things, I'm supposed to deal with it. I'm not just supposed to say, I don't want to be like Sarah, like, you know, it's kind of like he said it, but he, you know, it. no, no. The first box, if I want God's blessing, 
Makes sense, doesn't it? If God's going to bless me, he's going to bless me according to the template that he has in his word. And can I say this? I've actually been kind of helped with this, so I'm going to give you something that I've been kind of helped with. Someone has said this. This is the canon. We call it the canon. If you've had any like theological training, you know, we don't talk about it in church a lot, but this is called a canon. And, and what it means is this. It means, in this case, it means this is God's complete supernatural revelation to man. This is what we believe, okay? So canon, in this case, it means God's complete, supernatural, written, I left that out, written revelation to man. Complete, supernatural, written revelation to man. Okay, this is what we believe this is. And someone has said this. Now, this might be the best part of the message, so take note of this, okay, because this helped me. Someone has said this. Do we believe that God's still adding to Scripture right now? No, we believe the canon's closed, right? Okay. And so when it says, said this, when God closed the canon of Scripture, you know what else he did? He closed the canon to the number of problems you can have. You know what that means? That means there's no problem you can have that is not dealt with right here. You ever thought about that? That was helpful to me some years ago. He closed the canon of Scripture. In other words, new books are not being added. His word is forever settled in heaven. But on top of that, he has forever closed the number of problems or the type of problems somebody can have because this is complete. So that means whatever you're going through, if you're going through a marriage problem, if you're going through a, a scary time in your life right now with some, some unknown thing in the future, this, this is what God's going to bring you back to. Folks, listen, this is not Sunday school talk. If I don't have this, and if this is not really going to be all what it says it is, I'm in big trouble. I'm in big trouble because I don't have the answers if God doesn't help me. I don't know what I'm going to do. Now I trust in God. But God's going to say, you know what? I give him your word. What actually is going to talk about your specific situations? Oh, not super clear. It's not going to say, you know, necessary tomorrow, go down to the bank and withdraw $4.12. You know, it doesn't say specifically like that, but we have the Holy Spirit and we have the Word of God, and it's going to guide us. Amen? It's going to guide us. It's going to help us. We have a word given for every problem we have. God has a word given for every problem you have. Is that good news? If you don't know what you're going to be doing next year this time, if you're not sure if you're supposed to go back for your next year of college, if you're not for sure if you're supposed to get a different job because things might not, with your older job, might not be working out, or maybe God, you think God wants you to move to Nebraska. You know what? He has a word for every problem we have. Thank you, Lord. And if I'm going to get God's blessing... I'm going to have to start with the first part of the template. Listening to his word. The second box. The second box is this. You could write this down. You know what the second box is in the template? The second box is one word. You can write this word down. Problem. Problem. This is the way God always works. Problem. You could write the word challenge down. You could write the word difficulty down. You could write the word trial. But we'll stick with the word 
problem. In other words, it's a crisis. Look at with me in, uh, in uh, Genesis chapter 18, there we are. Stick to the Bible. It's good, it's good to get this template right from the Bible. In, uh, in Genesis, back to 18, look at the, the, the next one is verse 11. Look at verse 11. Verse 11. Do you see it? Here it is. The second box in the template. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Now let me ask you a question. Does that seem to be a problem? Yeah. Well, we don't want any spirit to say, oh, to God, you know, God can do anything but fail, you know, and God's the God of the impossible. We're talking about, if we're really thinking about it, and he just says in verse number 10, next year this time you're going to have a son. Now, folks, I just want to give you the background again to this. Think about this. Is this the first time Sarah's heard this? This is not the first time. And can you imagine? I mean, she, she didn't ask for this promise to be given. She gets saved out of idolatry. And they come, and they're just following. She's following her husband, trying to, and, and he's following the Lord, and they're just, they don't even know. They don't have a Bible. They're just, they're, they're just following by faith. And God says this, you're all going to have children, like the stars. And guess what? It's been 25 years that she's been hearing different editions of this, different ways of rendering this promise. Maybe Abraham, maybe Abraham came home one day and said, hey, honey, um, you know what? God spoke to me out in the field today, and I was kind of struggling, and he said, look up. And if you can count the stars, you can count how many children, descendants are going to come out of you. That's encouraging that he spoke to me. And can you imagine Sarah? Maybe she's handling it all differently. Because she's the one that's supposed to have the baby. You know what this story is? This story, ladies, is Sarah's story. Abraham was a man of faith. And when I first wrote this message out, Brother Barbara, you know how your messages kind of shift over the years? This was the title of it. When you don't have the faith of Abraham. When you're just Sarah, you're just a normal person. Your husband's a man of faith and you're just following him in the wilderness and doing all this sort of stuff and great things are happening and God's blessing, but, but now it's personal. God, if he had just left it alone, Sarah's thinking, just leave it alone. I mean, I get it. But it's not happening because the Bible tells us. Now, we're going to stick with his word. You know what the Bible tells us? The Bible tells us this is not in her head. It says, now Sarah and Abraham were old and well-stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. It had always ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women, but now she had moved past the normal age, even of those days where it was older to have a child. So she never could have a baby, and now she's too old to have a baby. What are the chances of that, God, that when I was of childbearing age, I couldn't have one, and now you're going to come around and rub my face in it? You know what she did? She laughed. Now, we can say she shouldn't have laughed. And what I'm saying to you is this. What do you do in your problem? You may not laugh. 
But do you respond humbly when you know God has something for you? Do you just right away just say, yes, Lord, speak for your servant hears. Are we always right on it? The second part of the temple is a problem. We all have problems. We all have struggles. Maybe you're in a crisis. In Sarah's case, it was a physical limitation. It was an age factor. It was a pregnancy factor. In this situation, Sarah's physical capacity, listen, please. In this situation, Sarah's physical capacity, her ability to see God's will for her come to pass, was actually out of the question. It was. It actually tells us, in, under inspiration, it ceased to be with her after the manner. The Holy Spirit is actually saying this was not going to happen in her life. Except, God said. Now, my friend, listen, we all have trouble. Psalm 69, 1 through 3 says, Save me, O Lord, for the waters are come in unto my soul. I sink in deep mire. You ever been so discouraged? Just like the waters have come into my soul, I sink in deep waters. You ever been so depressed that you don't even, you don't even know what to do? And you're kind of like, what, I'm just supposed to keep reading? When it's like, my life is, has so many of these struggles. It's not like you're fighting God. It's just you've got a real problem on your hands. The obstacle, the challenge was real. Sarah's not making this problem up. Inspired Scripture tells us about the physical problem. And on top of it, it was a God-allowed problem. God was the one who had allowed her to go this long without a child. So let me ask you a question. What is your human reality? What is your past failure? What is your background? What are your deficiencies? One time I was listening to a program on the radio, a financial guy, and he said something on that program about how much money it had to do with retirement money. He said, this is how much you're supposed to have in retirement on your own based how much Social Security is going to pay for you. You know what happened? I mean, I'm like driving down the street, and all of a sudden fear just grips my heart. Because he says, you know how much you're supposed to depend on your Social Security is this much, and the rest of it is just supposed to be sitting there in the bank so you can go to Tahiti the day after you retire. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, 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 oh. fear gripped my heart. Now let me ask you a question. Do you think I believe in God's word? Just try it, yeah, give me a shot. But he has words, doesn't he, about fear. Think about some words you know about fear. Think about this. Fear not. For what? I am with you. Yea, there walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. The New Testament, be anxious for nothing, be careful for nothing, but in everything, you know, we know the verses, right? Did any of you ever struggle with fear? You see, this, this is like real life, folks. God has a word for me in my fear. And what am I going to do? I can either panic or I can st stay in the template. That he's got a word for me. For me, this is actually written for me. This is not just written for some spiritual-minded person. This Bible is written for me and my family, my problems. And he's got a word about my fear. And I'm supposed to listen to his word. If I'm going to get the blessing that comes, I've got to stay in the template. What's the first box in the template? Can you tell me about it? What is it? Word. Second box? Problem. We all have problems. Do, do me a favor. Look at the person next to you and say, what is your problem? 
Didn't we say, why are you looking at me, dummy? Okay, I mean, <laughs> I'm sitting next to her, okay? So anyway, the problem, what was the problem you were facing? Box number three. Box number three, we're almost done. Brother Barber said, be sure you're done by 1.30. I got it, I got it. The third problem, the third box is this, response. Response. What does Sarah do? Her unbelieving response is discovered in verse 12. Sarah laughed. Now, folks, we're going somewhere with this. Just hang in. She laughed within herself, saying, she, she's going to reiterate what was actually true. After I wax old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also. In other words, he's 10 years older than I am. It can't happen now. Response. And why not? All they'd seen was past disappointment for all their married life. Her response was tied to what she knew to be true about her human condition, the human reality. Okay, so I need some help. Can I have some young people help me? You want to come up here, honey? What's your name? Mary? Hi, Mary. How are you? Do you normally come to church here? You do? She's like, not sure about that. Unless you're going to go to the McDonald's Playland, right? <laughs> okay, stand right here. Hold this. And she's got the first template, and Mary, that's kind of be good, because just, you know what I'm saying? If someone laughs at you, don't. We'll beat them up later, okay? God's got a word for us, the template. I want to help us out here. Do you know behind every word, you know what makes this such a blessing? It's not just God spouting stuff like, believe it, just do it, your life stinks, but just try to double down on it, no? Behind every word is a faithful God. Can you hold both those like that? Can you put your fingers up there? Folks, this is actually a God that's going to be faithful to you. And he's given you everything you're going to need to know for the next step and the next step. I heard a preacher say the other day, this is in 2022, and he said this, we have challenges now, and he said, we're going to have challenges in 2023. And when he said that, I was like, whoa, you realize that? You're going to have problems next year this time also. What's the solution? Get back to the word. You want to hold him with both fingers? I need someone else to help me. Can you help me? Mary, scoot over a little bit. What's your name again? Joel. Joel. Problem? What's your problem? I want you really think right now about what is your problem. What is your struggle? What's your challenge? What's your crisis? Not, no, not you, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> Poor kid. He's going to be traumatized. Okay, scoot over by Mary. What's the third box, folks, if you can help me out here? Response. Can I have someone else help me? You want to help me, honey? What's your name again? Emily. Emily. Okay. Now, this is not rocket science, but I'm telling you what, in the battles of life, it is, it is this clear. But you know what we do? We spend much of our life in big problems and carry those things, and we have besetting sins, and we have long-term issues and now here's a response. Now, I just want to help you here. This is simple. Hope you have that in your third box. And very quickly, 
The good news is, you know what? There are only two responses you can have. This is so helpful. This is not like, I don't know what to do, Lord. What do I do next? There's only two responses you can have. Mary, can you hold two? Or Emily, can you hold two? There's only two responses. Do you know what? This is God's template. It never changes. If you come up with another part of the template, give me a call. I won't take your call, but you can call me. There's only two things you can do in a problem. You can respond by trusting. God, I'm just going to trust you in this. I'm going to do what you tell me to do in your word. Or you can freestyle it. Freelance. And trust in yourself. Or not know what to do. Or you can lean on your own understanding. Instead of acknowledging him. What is your response right now in your marriage problem? What is your response right now? To the fear that comes in your life sometimes when you're awake in the middle of the night and you think of that situation. What is your response? As we close, the Lord knows the exact point where we need to trust him. And look at verse 13. He questions our unbelief. Why does Sarah laugh saying, child, sure you have a child. He questions our unbelief. Think about Mary and Martha at the, day, the grave of Lazarus. And Martha says to him, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. And that's exactly what Mary says to him when he gets to Mary. Now look, what does the Lord say to her? He says this, said I not unto you that if you'd believe, you'd see the glory of God? My friends, listen what he said to her. She says, Lord, if you'd been here, this problem would not have happened. And he says, said I not to you, Mary, if you would just trust me, you will see me pull off the next step in the template. I will bless your life. I will do what I said I'm going to do. I need one more person to help me. Can you come on? Is it okay? Okay, honey. Usually don't have kids this young because they get tired and they sit down. This says blessing. The template never changes. Numbers 23, 19. Have I not spoken? Shall I not make it good? Folks, you know what God's trying to do? Brother Barber preaches some great messages. He, I'm sure he does still. He used to preach some great messages at our church. But you know what the point of it is? That when you are by yourself and he's not preaching a great message, God's going to speak to you and God has an answer for every one of your problems. He has a word. He has a next step. You say, no, I don't know. I mean, he's not going to say like, you know, uh, you know, cancel that gym membership or whatever to save a little bit of money. I mean, I, I, you, know, you know what he's going to do? He's going to guide you. There will be an answer what to do next. And if you don't know, you have a pastor who can help you. You have ugly, godly people you can go to and say, hey, can you pray for me about this? I'm trying to make a decision about my kids next year. And you know what? 
God is going to, you know what he's going to do? He's going to be faithful to helping you in your problem if you'll trust him. Now, if you don't trust, you, you may not hear anything. You know why? Because God doesn't need to come back around just like to Sarah. He doesn't have to come back and say, oh, Sarah, please, don't, don't get mad. We're actually writing scripture verses right now, Sarah. Don't get mad. Please, 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 please. No, he just says this. Here's the word. Oh, why does Sarah laugh? Is anything too, too hard for me? I'm going to be faithful to you. I'm going to be faithful to my word. And folks, listen, this is it. Because the word is from a faithful God, when we don't trust, listen, this is it. When we don't trust his word, it's like we're not trusting him. Because this is what he gave us. When I don't trust his word, it's just like I don't trust him because where do you think the word came from? It came from a faithful God who knew I would need it as we close. The question is this, what does Sarah do in her problem? At first she stumbled, but you know what she did? At some point, she must have believed. You know why? Because go with me to chapter number 21. Genesis 21. And here it is. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. You can underline the word that says, as he had said. It's a four-letter phrase, as he had said. The last phrase of verse 1 is, as he had spoken. The last phrase of verse number 2, which God had spoken. Now let me ask you a question. Do you think she was glad that she eventually trusted? And how do we know she trusted? You know why? Now listen, this is it. This is it. We don't find out exactly all that happens until we get to the book of Hebrews. You know what Hebrews 11, it's easy to remember. Hebrews 11, 11, you know what it says? By faith. It's a faith chapter, right? And Sarah gets part of it. And it says this, by faith, Abraham, Sarah received strength to conceive. And this is what it is. And she gave birth to a child. And here it goes. The word of Hebrews helps us out a whole lot. And here's why she got the baby. You know why? It says this. Because she judged him faithful who had promised. Amen. That's what the Holy Spirit, thousands of years later in Hebrews says. The reason she got the baby of which God had promised, everything was hinged on this. The Messiah was going to come out of this. None of this problem caught God by surprise. Your situation does not catch God by surprise. He knew it was going to come. He knew sin would affect you. Maybe for someone else's sin has impacted your life. He knew things were going to happen. And he has a word for you in your problem. And he's looking for you to trust him. And if you'll trust him, he is going to bless your life, ma'am. Teenager, he's going to bless your life. Even if your parents are wrong, if you follow, he's going to bless your life. And Hebrews 11, 11 says this. She received strength by faith to conceive. And then it says this most beautiful phrase, because she judged him faithful who had promised. There was a day, apparently Sarah stopped laughing, and she got on her knees and said, I'm going to believe. 
I'm going to believe because he said it. That's why I'm going to believe. I'm not going to trust the fact that I never have been able to have children. I'm not going to trust the fact that now I'm way past the time of having to have children. I'm going to trust the fact that I have a faithful God who knows about the template on how to bless people's lives. And I'm going to step into that template. And she makes it into the hall of faith at 90. When are you going to get back to simply trusting a faithful God? and taking him at his word. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Thank you so much. With our heads bowed and eyes closed. Thank you. We sing songs all the time. Simply trusting every day. We sing a song more recent. Trust his word. Trust his word. And then we go out and live in unbelief. I wonder what God's saying to you. Trusting as the moments fly. Really? Trusting as the days go by. Really? Even when my faith is small, I'm going to get back to trusting God and I'm going to live in the template the way he always works. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He'll reward you for believing. Father, I pray you'd bless this invitation. Use it in someone's life. I pray that each believer here, right this moment, would be waiting to have a conversation with you as soon as we stop about where they are in the template. Lord, we ne you never tell us what problem we're going to have in the template. You just tell us what to do in the problem in the template. To trust. Trust you. In Jesus' name. Let's all stand to our feet, if you would, please. There's an altar down here. There's a seat that you're sitting in. There's a God who's listening. Would you just step out? Would you kneel down? Would you sit down in your seat? Would you talk to God about the next step you need to take in the template? Let's do it. What is God saying to you in your template? He could skip. He could just bless you after he gave the word, but he doesn't. He's going to see what you're going to do with this word. Talk to him, please. Let me say, Brother Brady, would you please pray for me? I'm, I'm talking to God, and I, but you could pray for me too, that I would just trust him in the template. I don't know how the problem's going to work out, but I do know what God's going to do. He's going to bless me if I just trust him. Pray for me, please. Could you slip your hand up and I pray for you? God spoke to my heart. Amen. Is there anyone here that needs to be saved? Your template is that, your problem is that you're on your way to hell, and God says, I'll save you if you'll believe. You have to trust him at his word. If anyone has raised your hand and said, I'm not sure I'm saved, please pray for me. Anybody at all?
Our Father, I pray that you would help us as we listen to your word. You'll speak ever so gently about our next step. And if we really want to know, we'll know, we'll, we can guess at probably what the next step would be. But it's underscored by the fact that you're going to bless us. You're not going to let us fall down. You're not going to let us just not have any clue what to do next. You're looking for that humble, reverent, bowing of the knee and saying, I'm going to believe, I'm going to judge you faithful because you promised to take care of people who trust you. I pray to really help someone, Lord, set them free. I'm going to trust you, give their control back to you, and trust you for that thing they've been trying to control, that thing they've been so scared about. Thinking that the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name, Brother Barbara.